What's up, happy people? Welcome back to another episode of Perception is a fucking bitch, man. Philosopher Frederick Nietzsche said we should call every truth false, which is not accompanied by at least one laugh. You see, humor allows the listener to hear and think about controversial ideas without engaging their normal mental defense mechanisms. When a comedian phrases an idea that exemplifies the absurdity of a certain reality and you laugh, your laughter automatically verifies the truth of that absurd reality, which in turn allows you to internally acknowledge the absurdity of an idea without feeling like you're being called stupid. Humor is like a vaccine, introducing you and acclimating you to new potentially dangerous ideas in small, easier to manage doses. All right, all right, all right. Okay, Matthew McConaughey. What's up, happy people? <laughs> Welcome back to another epic episode of Perception. Y'all know what time it is. It's a tequila time. <laughs> well, to you, it's tequila time. But to our listeners, it's Perception is a fucking bitch time. Which would not be complete without a side of tequila. You know what? It is, it is funny how alcohol and laughter bring people together. Oh, there's a good quote, actually. Um, oh, it's one of my favorite quotes. Uh-oh, uh-oh. I know. It's like um, if somebody ever asks you, do you need alcohol to have a good time? You should answer, no. But I don't need shoes for running, but it sure as fuck helps. <laughs> I like that one. I like that one. Philosophy can be very heavy to swallow. It can be a very heavy pill. Swallowing, yep. swallowing. Uh, I know something gonna, else that's hard to <laughs> swallow. You know what I was thinking? <laughs> I was gonna, I was, I was not, not going there. Not going you there. You gave me the breath. Thank you. Not Thank you. It was there. on the tip I'm of not, my tongue. I'm not going to give you a layup for a sexual joke in the first minute of the goddamn podcast. Too late. Just swallow, the tip. Just the tip. Swallow. That's all I need. <laughs> Just give I, me a chance. I am slide sorry, right guys. We're barely two minutes into the philosophy, and the laughter's already begun. Swallowing philosophy can be like swallowing a heavy pill of Tylenol. That's what I was trying to say. Those horse pills. Those horse. Or a pills. heavy dose of cum. You know, it gets stuck in your throat right there. I don't. I don't sticks. know what you're talking about. I, <laughs> but 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 uh, we were listening. We, I saw this Nietzsche quote, and it's mm-hmm. really the inspiration for today's episode. Nietzsche actually has a lot of really great quotes about laughter and humor. I was surprised by how many quotes because we were like we knew the one, and and I just kind of kept going when I was looking it up. But there's so many good quotes by him. Do you want to read a couple? Yeah, go ahead. And while you find them, I'll kind of talk about this. Like when we first wrote this philosophy, this perceptions of bitch philosophy, mm-hmm. we wrote it to be very, very serious. Like the way you would expect oh, traditional yeah. philosophy and yeah. like a philosophy. We were trying to sound all bougie and we smart. We were trying to sound smart and shit. We're serious about this yeah, shit. Yeah, you know, because I wanted to be taken serious in the academic community. I mean, but that's typical of a 20-year-old who has big ideas and, you know, wants to be recognized. We were young. Right, and dumb. We're a little older. Yeah, but, 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 you know, 
Nietzsche's work or some of these quotes gave me the paradigm shift that I needed to realize that, look, you know what? People accept philosophy better when it's coded in this like blanket of laughter. Yeah. Because the whole point of philosophy is to get people to see how the way they currently think is maybe not the optimal way to think. You know, it's yeah. you're, you're trying to call people dumb without saying that their ideas and ways of thinking are dumb. You know, you're breaking it down for people so it's easier to digest and see without all our filters. It's 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 actually humor is a lot like um, a fable or a moral. Because mm-hmm, in like a, a fable, parable. yeah, when you talk about the tortoise and a hare, well, you know those aren't actual people. It, it's it's an actual turtle and a rabbit, like having a a foot race. It's, it's ridiculous. It's beyond ridiculous the idea of it. So when you when you get to the moral part of the story, you're like, oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, now I get it. So when you, all of these these historical stories that feature chickens and frogs and scorpions and stuff, it just it mentally helps us digest big ideas without feeling like we're being told we're stupid. Yeah, or, or like forced down like a fire hose. Like, oh, this is so much intelligent conversation. I can't really understand this high level thinking. I'll tell you another one. I had to get really good at my use of analogies and parables. At work, to get, I know. To get ideas across yeah. because, again, you would through philosophy. way too high level. Through philosophy, I found out that the easiest way for people to understand ideas you were trying to communicate was by giving them through this perspective of analogies and parables and, you know, shit like that. That's you know, how- I think you learned this from me. You should attribute that success to me. Uh, I'm not going to do that. You, <laughs> you know, because like when you when you would start talking philosophy to me and my eyes started glazing over, I think you're like, OK, shit, I got to break this down or yeah. <laughs> simplify this a little bit to get her reengaged. Tell some dick jokes. It'll get her back on board. Hey, like I keep saying, when you started telling all these <laughs> jokes and humor and shit, all of a sudden, you know, we start getting people to Yay. listen to our shit. So share some of these quotes. Okay. Um, let's see here. So this is one I, I really like. Uh, this actually talks a lot about the empathy portion of humor and how it can kind of bridge gaps and stuff. So it says, laughter means taking a mischievous delight in someone else's uneasiness, but with a good conscience. Hmm. It's like laughter, you're, you're kind of talking about things that could be borderline taboo or insulting or just things that are kind of gross and personal that people don't normally talk about, like shitting or farting or dick jokes. Sex. Like, we don't normally get to talk about these things in polite conversation in our day-to-day lives, but when you kind of throw a little humor behind it, now, now it's funny. And even if it's a little bit on the edge... And it might make you a little uneasy. It still allows you to laugh and actually find some commonalities and boundaries. Yeah, some of the biggest paradigm shifts we've had about religion mm-hmm. actually came from George Carlin, dressed yeah. in humor, right? Like yeah, absolutely. That, I, I remember very vividly sitting on the couch in Searcy, Arkansas. I know the moment with you. I remember. <laughs> I remember this moment like it was Claire's day. Yeah. And, and we looked at each other. I mean, it was a moment. It was one of those just axis shifting life altering moments we're and and we're watching this one uh documentary and george carlin came on this little this little snip from george carlin about uh-huh. religion there's an invisible man sitting in the, in the sky. sky watches everything you do every minute of every day but he loves you but this invisible man has a list of 10 things he does not want you to do 
And if you do any of these 10 names, he's got this place where he will send you that burns with fire and brimstone to burn and die for For eternity, for all of time. But, but he, he loves, loves you. you. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit. He's right. He loves <laughs> this you. This shit don't make sense. He loves you. And he needs your money. <laughs> he needs money. He's all powerful, all knowing. But somehow, just, just can't, can't handle, handle money. money. Religion <laughs> takes in billions. Like, I could, I could I quote this shit. I can't believe you can like, quote word could, for word. Because it was a fucking paradigm shift for mm-hmm. me. Now, now, George Carlin is not the first person to tell me that, hey, there might be something a little fucked up about this fishy. religious thing, you know? But mm-hmm. they all said it with this serious undertone. That's like, like they're oh, trying to change my- your mind. Yeah, and when you're yeah, Christian, like, get this motherfucker out of here. Like, don't question my faith. How dare you question my faith? But when George Carlin put it in comedic tone, all of a sudden, I don't feel threatened. I don't yeah. feel like he's trying to convert me or convince me. It's like, no, you're right. This is stupid. Like start, common yeah, sense, yeah. like this, this may be a dumb idea. Yeah. So, and I remember you and I looking at each other in that moment, just like, honey, I, I feel like we're we're on a different wavelength now. Yeah, I, I think. Uh, yeah. So paradigm <laughs> shift. Um, another comedian who does it very, very well. I know who you're going to say. I know. Dave Can Chappelle. I guess? Ah. Ah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I knew it. Only the greatest comedian alive. They're still alive. Yeah. They're George Carlin is no longer. Carlin, if George Carlin were alive, then Dave Chappelle would be number two. I was going to say George Carlin is no longer with us, but he would hate that because yeah. he likes emphatic language. So he's dead. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I, no. get it, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get he's it. not passed on. Yeah. Yeah. He died. He right. Died. He doesn't like the euphemism. <laughs> This nope. euphemistic language, this soft language you that strips the humanity sound. of like, oh, like, oh, no one dies anymore. They just pass, pass away. away. You know, what the fuck does that mean? But Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle, mm-hmm. also another comedian who conveys very, very big controversial ideas through comedy and does it in a way that doesn't insult you, even though you may not believe or share his his viewpoint. You're not. Most, yeah. Right. Yep. Like I, I, half of America probably does not agree with Dave Chappelle's viewpoint. Yeah, but they're but he's not still threatened good. by it. And mm-hmm. they, they still get the point. So yeah. the comedy functions as an allegory. Mm-hmm. It functions as a bridge, allowing people to, to kind of recognize that there's not as many differences between us as we sometimes like to think, you know, um, I feel like humor crosses language barriers really well, too. Like, my family traveled around a lot to different countries, and they would go into areas. My family did missionary work. And, again, not something I agree with. I don't think you should go around the world evangelizing your ideas. <laughs> evangelizing your point to of view is absolute truth. What right, while we evangelize, why, what do you think? But at least people have to come here to listen to us per- yeah, on I'm purpose. Not out there so we're trying not to knocking tell on doors. That, yeah, I'm not. I didn't go looking for you. You came looking <laughs> for me, motherfucker. So I didn't come to your house saying, hey, you must believe that perception is a fucking bitch because yep. Deji said so. But yeah, they said like you'd go to these uh, other countries where no one spoke the same language and like you'd put a bunch of boys in a room and at some point someone would fart or something like that and everyone would burst out laughing and it didn't matter where you were from or what your life was like. Like the fart was just funny. Like it's just something about like someone farts, you start laughing. It's funny. And and that's the point of comedy. It's like none of us are as different as we really like to think we are. And when you use that 
to, to kind of create parallels between groups. I feel like dramatic social change is possible. And it, I, I feel like it's easier to change people's minds with laughter than it is with anger or with serious dialogue. But see, here's the problem, though. The comedians, the modern day philosophers of our time have been pussified because we live in a society where now they've you get in trouble. Yeah. They've been handcuffed. Like Dave Chappelle is probably the last stand in frontier for the pure form art of comedy, which is to call people out on their current perspectives in a way that doesn't make them feel like we're calling them stupid or saying that they're wrong. It's just like, hey, you might want to think about this, like that Alice in Wonderland There's quote. Some... There's some awfully wrong here, man. We're all mad here, baby. We're, we're all, all mad, mad here. here baby. Some, some look crazy about this <laughs> shit. Like, don't you see what I see? You know? But people are so stuck in their fundamental, absolute beliefs and yeah. truths. Everyone's that- on a soapbox. Everyone has a passion. Everyone believes they're the only one with common sense and the only person who's <laughs> able to think clearly in the world. My common sense should be the most common. Mine like, trumps yours. So. So the arrogance of this motherfucker <laughs> that, that you would think that your common right. sense should be commonly but available ev- to ev- all. Everyone has the right to their own opinion, but we all know mine's better. <laughs> Jesus Christ, these <laughs> motherfuckers. Yeah, so how do we move forward in a culture and society where the art form of comedy, which is over time, over over the years, been used to show people the absurdity of our current reality can no longer be used without like the comedian getting in trouble? I mean, I think comedians have always kind of been in the forefront of rebelling and and being kind of like those freedom of speech kind of people uh i'm thinking about that marvelous miss Maisel show all about the journey of comedians and how they struggled from going and tell like knock knock jokes and stuff because everything had become so pc in the world and you couldn't say anything off color and then you had this underground of actual comedians who were trying to say real shit and talk about real life and push boundaries and and they were arrested multiple times in in this uh this show that talks about the history of comedians and i think that's really interesting they had to literally be willing to get arrested for challenges to tell a joke. yeah well the joke was challenging like Society's societal thinkings. thinking uh, yeah right. our prejudices and i, I just <laughs> think that's amazing to, to to know that someone risked their life and their livelihoods for you know, that when dave Chappelle came back out in 2017 or maybe it was 2018 and said you know comedy is dead and and like a com uh, a comedian that art form which is to tell your truth or tell a perspective that's mm-hmm. that that conveys a different reality to society when he came out and said man that no longer exists because the world has become so absolute in its thinking. People have become so absolute in what they believe and think to be true. I didn't quite understand it at yeah. the time. There's he almost you gave can that say advice that three years. Somebody. He gave that. He made that statement three years ahead of time because I wouldn't get it until you know January 15, twenty twenty one. When I came across Nietzsche's work, I'm like, oh yeah, that's what Dave Chappelle said. <laughs> fucking three years ago exactly like another one of uh, Nietzsche's quote is that um, man alone suffers so excruciatingly in the world that he was compelled to invent laughter 
And I, I think that one is another really great kind of feeds on our existentialistic existence I, is pain. Yeah. And man it, is the only mammal that is aware of his painful existence. So he invented laughter, laughter. as a way to get through. <laughs> yeah, you have to find a way to cope. And that's what we always have said. There's no wrong perception. It's just whatever fucking shit gets you through. If you want to believe in God, if that gets you through, keep at it. Believe that shit. Do it. You just got to find something that gets you through the pain. For a moment there, you sounded like Shia LaBeouf when he was doing his TED talk. Like, do it. Just do it. <laughs> but, you know, so like it's all a cycle. Mm-hmm. So comedians will. So there's there's a truth we'll all adhere to as a uh, as a society, as a culture. Okay. And then a comedian will come along and through laughter show us how absurd that reality is. Mm-hmm. But, but, but that's the beginning of the process because that just leads us to the next truth. Yeah, you're just in the shallow so- ends right there, yeah. The next truth or the next perspective that society collectively believes in that's absurd that either that comedian or a new comedian comes up then and calls out to like, okay, this shit is super, super weird here. Is anyone not seeing this, right? Mm-hmm. So it seems like the comedian, a lot like the philosopher, are the ones who have to sink into the depths of society to point out the fucked up nature of just how we are living, how the current life structure is set up, right? And that's what we did with the yeah. whole perception is a bitch thing and the philosophy we wrote with that book available on Amazon, <laughs> by the way, shameless plug. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. But You're we, always a salesman. <laughs> can't take the shit out of always my blood. On. You can take the kid out of Africa, but you can't take Africa out of the kid. I don't know how that applies to anything, but (laughs) the show must continue. But look, we went to the depths of society and realized like, okay, my life, Deja's life, Mm -hmm. how is that shit made up? It is made up of perspectives, perceptions, interpretations that I am constantly making and interpretations that people are making about me. If you understand that, that is as scary and existential as any point should get. And I think we've gone through a cultural shift as a society where these challenging ideas are not coming no or no longer come in the form of a Socrates or Plato or mm-hmm. an Aristotle at the Agora in Athens, <laughs> Greece, but through the stand up comedy of a Dave Chappelle or a George Carlin, um, or 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 uh, Hannibal uh I forget his last name. All, you know, a Eddie Murphy. Who, yeah. Well, I, I guess I guess Eddie Murphy would fall into that category. Um, but they just pose these challenging ideas or, or, or cause this paradigm shift for their audiences who are laughing. But at the same time, you're going, he got a point. He got yeah. a point. Right. And then there They're was speaking one, facts. They're there speaking was, truth. Right. Like and, and this shit that I would never have thought about. Right. <laughs> like, like preach, brother. Amen. Yeah. Um, what's that one you were listening to about the women and um, orgasms? Yeah. So like my my big like I'm not my only one with um, with comedy, but one of my big moments where comedy really hit home to me and I was like, shit, that is so true. Um, was this female comedian, and I, I wish I knew the name of who said this. If I can find it, looking it up later, we'll add it's it in the notes. probably Netflix. But yeah, I think we saw it on a Netflix or something special. 
but it was a, a female comedian and she talked about how like how ridiculous it would be if you had like a group of five dudes sitting around and they're talking about their hookups from the night before and how great it was and then all the other dudes turned to the dude who said he just hooked up and like oh man but like did you come and imagining another guy asking another guy, did he come? After having sex with a girl. Would be ridiculous. It would be an absurd man, question. Yeah, a man would almost It's just implied. It's like he didn't even have sex if he didn't come. Like the, what's, the sex didn't happen if, it did, if he didn't come, right? A man would conclude that. If I didn't finish, it didn't count. So... Um, but from a With, woman's from a perspective, woman's perspective if, if it would be normal to sit down. Out, yeah. Like, oh, I fucked this great guy last night. It was so much fun. Oh, girl, did he come? That would seem normal. It would seem normal to ask that because it's just because I had sex didn't mean I come. Like, didn't mean you orgasm or climax. Yeah. Up until that comedic show, I had never thought about it. No. I didn't know that as a man, I had been a beneficiary of a system that I had. <laughs> you didn't know you were I benefiting from. I didn't know from. I was a beneficiary of. You know, it's like waking up and finding out your grandpa had given you like a million dollars in his, you know, death wish. Yeah. Will. I, I mean, even within our relationship, it, it kind of changed the perspective where all of a sudden you were looking at me like, oh shit, sometimes I may have been taking you for granted because. Now I start questioning all like, the sexual, t- all the times they've had sex in the last yeah. decade like come to think about it she didn't man, come i've been a shitty husband <laughs> <laughs> like i'm not one to fake it i'll you'll if you if i come be, be, you'll know be, because the way i was taught to have sex is just okay when i'm done i'm done yeah. <laughs> when i'm done the sex is over and I'm, that's not to say the sex isn't good without an orgasm there's sometimes you don't come and we just you know gotta wrap it up because time <laughs> and, you know, ain't nobody got time for that yeah, but again, going back to like the whole point of philosophy is to cause a paradigm shift. And it did because like after that, you became a lot more aware and it was, it was amazing to see how a joke impacted our daily life. So a, a, a joke accomplished what a philosopher would have done. So from about the late 20th century was when this shift and, and I'm, I'm pulling numbers out my ass here because I don't know. But it would seem that from about the time of Nietzsche was when he maybe realized that, oh, these up and coming comedians are the evolution of what the philosopher mm-hmm. has been for society up until this point. So now I'm curious to see how this evolves in the future. Does it evolve to go back to what we know philosophy to be? You know, the Plato, the Socrates, does it stay in its current form, the George Carlin's and the Dave Chappelle, uh, the, Sh- the Dave Chappelle's, or does it evolve into some other art form that we do not currently see or have access to? Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think? I think I need another shot. Okay. <laughs> I guess it's break time. <laughs> we'll be right back. Hey, happy people. Hope you're enjoying the tipsy philosophical banter between Deji and I so far today as we discuss the many ways in which perception is a bitch. We'd like to take this quick break to top off our tequila and remind all y'all bitches that you can submit your questions, comments, or topic ideas to our email piabpodcast at gmail.com 
You can also find the links to our PIAB book, merch, and Instagram in the links attached to this episode. All right, now that that bullshit's out of the way, and we've re-upped on our favorite inhibition-lowering, mind-expanding, and giggle-inducing substances, let's get back to it. Welcome back, people. Welcome back to the show. Hope you're read up. Hope you're re up or you've read up on your favorite inducing substances that helps you. (laughs) Whatever the fuck you want to call it. Anyway, moving on. I love you so freaking much. English is not my first language. Anyway, so you had you you had a very valid point you brought up. You want to share with us? All my points are valid. Yeah, we go. Yeah, we go. The arrogance uh, kicking it. All my points are valid. That needs to be a rap song. All my points. Are valid. Yeah, we'll send that to Lil Wayne. Maybe cut us a check. Anyways, um, no, I was talking about how. I have even shifted to comedy for my news. Like, I've never been able to stomach watching the regular news or reading a regular newspaper. And it's not because I don't care about what the fuck's going on in the world or I don't see the travesties that are going on or feel moved to, to be a part of the discussion. But for me, already having sometimes a more suicidal depressed (laughs) um perspective on life sometimes (laughs) struggling with mental health here and there we all do we all do there's enough crazy shit in the world to make a make a motherfucker just go crazy get a little dark sometimes get a little dark in here but everything's fine everything's fine it's not burning it'll be fine here um but i i look to um the comedy the late night comedy things to get my news. So like the 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 Jimmy Fallon, the Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah is my favorite. I love that guy. He's so fucking intelligent and cute. Got the little accent going on, and he's hilarious. Am I supposed to be jealous now? No, <laughs> I didn't say you couldn't join us. I just said he he part of it. Am I supposed to be jealous now? <laughs> Oh, you're not excluded. You're included. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> anyway, so I, I, um, I really enjoy his. Uh, what's another good uh, Jimmy Fallon? I, yeah, I like his too. Um, uh, who else? Set Myers. Did you mm-hmm. already mention Set? But these are these are the modern day philosophers. These are guys. Well, I don't know if I'd necessarily call them philosophers. They're not on the level of like a George Carlin, right? Like yeah. they're not actively. They're not necessarily like I think with intent coming in and trying to like break down knowledge the way like a uh, uh, like you said George Carlin or uh, Dave Chappelle would be because those guys come in with like scripts written. These guys are talking about the news, so they're coming in giving you like what's going on, but they're able to package it and give it to you in a way that you're able I got to it. digest I got it. it. The Dave Chappelle's and the George Carlin's take a macro approach and look at what's going on in society as a whole over a period of time yeah. and say, do you not see how this shit fucked up? Yeah. The Trevor Noah's now take that 
from a day-to-day perspective and show you what's like going on on a micro yes. level and then say, look at what happened this yesterday. Look at what Trump said. Am I the only one in here who think this shit weird? You know, <laughs> honestly, like, um, I think a lot of these guys too, especially looking at the past administration and how many people were gung-ho, like, I've always voted this way, so I'm going to vote this way and I'm going to support this president because he, quote-unquote, supports my Christian ideals. When you have comedians who are able to come out and like kind of in a funny ha-ha way push back and say, do you not see how ridiculous supporting a guy who's, you know, grabbing women by the pussy and shit like, like when, but when they put it in joke form, I think that allowed a lot of those younger people who were a little more open-minded to kind of think, oh yeah, that, that might be fucked up. If there were any ever anybody the, it, on the fence, the yeah. humor is what tipped them one side or the but other. But if you came at them like, oh, you, what you believe in is wrong and your ideas are wrong, automatically they would have like shut the door in your face. Even in sales, they tell you that if you can get a prospect laughing, you already closed them. <laughs> same, same thing with pussy. If you can oh, make Jesus. a girl laugh, you're in. Yeah, we'll you can go make a girl laugh. <laughs> that's just facts. That's not even a sex story. That's just okay, yeah, reality. Perception's a bitch. I am thinking it's a Sarah's like, no, I'm giving you life tips and life hacks. <laughs> just saying, if you want to get laid, make a girl laugh. Feed her and make her laugh. Okay. Or sorry, sorry, three steps. Feed her, tell her she's pretty, make her laugh. There you go. Okay. I'm sure every single guy listening right You're now is going, right it's now. not that I'm just simple. Write, I'll go write a book on this right now. I'll make millions. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, mid-2021, expect Sarah's book, How to Get Late. To Three get late. Steps to Get Late. <laughs> Yeah, but most guys listening right now will tell you they've tried those three steps and it didn't work. Because I remember many a dates eh. and many a compliments and many of attempts to make a girl laugh. You, that you didn't some, make her laugh then. There we failed. go. So there's nuances to the so execution You got to actually now. make her laugh. You, no, no fake laughs. The no, steps no fake have to be here. absolute. They can't leave room for nuance. I should be able to just do these three things and they guarantee me success. You gotta do it well. Now you tell me I gotta pay attention to all these <laughs> specifics and nuances. Ain't nobody got time for that. But I, I do think this whole like people who are able to break down the news so that we can digest it and see the silver linings, like that is a a skill man i think these guys are really undervalued what they're are what they're doing is severely undervalued i don't think most people appreciate how much of an impact that makes because it is it is proven that people who watch the news more are more anxious and more prone to depression they have a more and suicidal melancholic thoughts. viewpoint of the world just based off the information because the news they preview reports themselves to. everything that's going wrong like it, it never reports the shit that's going right. It's so, all the shit so that's going wrong. So do these comedians too, but they're just making you laugh about exactly, it. Exactly, because they can they can put it in a different way that still gives you some hope or at least some like sugar to, to make the medicine go down. I a can tell easier. you this. So I was looking at the algorithm on our episodes, and I, I hate even talking about this. Uh huh. But, but but you're gonna talk about it anyways. Gonna talk about it anyway. Okay. <laughs> Who am I not to brag? Hey. Last week's episode talking about the assault on the Capitol building in the United States. Oh yeah, good. We, we good talked about to this. That one. We talked about this from a humorous type of uh, point yep. of view, and all of a sudden, I'm like, "Where are all these downloads coming from?" Right. And I'm like, okay. "We were trending." We were, yeah. And I'm like, "What? Why, why is this happening?" Oh, 
I see a pattern here. Make people laugh about some bullshit going on in the world. You talk about what's current events and and people already panicked and they're thinking about it. Now you can capitalize on that shit. But here's here's the problem, though. Uh We've come to the conclusion that now more than ever, we need more comedians who are willing to step up be shamed, ridiculed. Toe the line. Toe the line, but but who are brave enough to come forth and show humanity how fucked up are our systems and, and how sh- fucked up life is right now. What we call life mm-hmm. right now. We need people who are brave enough to call us out, to call humanity but out on can't. that bullshit. They're not allowed. They're not allowed. Because someone's going to get their feelings hurt. <laughs> We live in this ultra, ultra politically correct world where you can't call somebody retarded. You know, they're just, you know, slow learning. They're just differently abled. Yeah, yeah, uniquely, differently special. You know, you can't say somebody died. You know, it's too aggressive. You're like, oh, they passed, passed away. away. You know, you can't. Moved on. Yeah, yeah. You can't call people. Yeah, you, whatever the fuck it is, right? Can't fire somebody. We, we let them go. We, let we, them we go. went different ways. We, we parted ways. They were just no longer a good fit for the culture. No, mm-hmm. no, we fired the motherfucker. You know, it's okay to say it. But now more than ever, we need comedians. We need philosophers. But the culture does not allow them come forth. And seems like the only comedians, philosophers, that the culture will allow are the ones who are just telling knock-knock dick jokes. Yeah, like the basic-ass shit, like what I do. Yeah, yeah. We, can, we, we almost want to be... Not si- sophisticated. Yeah. <laughs> no, you can't... You can tell sophisticated jokes. You just choose to tell knock-knock <laughs> jokes. I know what people like. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm just a sophisticated motherfucker. I don't know. <laughs> but it seems like, like, so where do we go from here? Where the one thing, the one medicine society needs, needs like ancient Greece. This is why free speech is, is such a big right to protect. But what people don't understand is we're not saying free speech in the sense of just being able to call every Tom, Dick, and Harry you don't agree with an asshole. We're talking about the free speech to articulate a different idea to think creatively to challenge the status quo in a way that doesn't threaten other people to, to, well even if it is an idea that threatens their reality you have the right to that dangerous idea you have the right to think outside of the box it's not saying i have the right to just spew hate on people who think differently than me it's actually encouraging people to think differently than you it's saying you are allowed to be different you don't have to agree with me. But it, it, it's the freedom of speech is supposed to be like, let's not hate each other and kill each other for that difference of opinion. That's what free speech is supposed to be about. So, again, I, this was the point I was making earlier, right? Like ancient, the ancient world needed the philosopher and mm-hmm. it presented themselves in these, you know, Socrates, Plato, these men with ideas that kind of changed and evolved the viewpoints people had about the world. Mm -hmm. Today, these philosophers are called comedians or the effective ones are called comedians because they change the way and alter the way people see the world through through comedic ideas. Mm -hmm. I I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, I feel like we are at a, we're at the precipice 
of change in society right now where everything is evolving at one time. I feel like this is, I feel like there's a lot of change going on in society now, similar to maybe the industrial revolution where we went from the horse and carriage to the automobile and electricity and and, and the telephone. All these technologies changing what it meant to be human at the exact same fucking time. Mm -hmm. I feel like we're there now. It's hard to see it because it's converging on us all at once. It's not hardware technology. It's more societal, right? So mm-hmm. d- does this evolve into something else? Does does it go from philosophy to comedy to to horror? I don't know. Like 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 do, <laughs> what's the next evolution of this? Is it is it I I don't even know how to even the reality doesn't even exist, so I don't even know how to like predict it, right? Like like where it goes because and and do you think this is affected again because, like we talked about earlier, the the because the, comedian the comedians is becoming are so obsolete. restricted to what they can say. Yes, they're becoming. Sorry, I said absolutely. The comedians are becoming obsolete. The way mm-hmm. philosophers became obsolete. Mm-hmm. Right. We don't. The world doesn't have thinkers like Plato, Socrates. Because that's not what this current world needs. It now needed... we have motivational speakers. <laughs> well, fuck that's them. as close as you probably get, like from what, how most people think about it. At Those least. are just charlatans peddling <laughs> right? peddling books. They right? just <laughs> let me tell peddling you, feel good. Shit. Yeah, let me let me. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that, that's some secret type bullshit. Like the the hey, totally... whatever numbs the pain for us. Maybe it's comedy for someone else. Maybe it's motivational speakers. So what does this evolve to? And and. I don't know, but I I do feel like with with comedy and and the way the world is with people just being so black and white and like this is right and this is wrong and I have no room in my mind for uncertainty. We leave no room in ourselves and in our mind to possibly be wrong or to admit we might be wrong about something. And I think this like staticness in ourselves is what we even intended when we started out with the philosophy of be the verb because that was the idea is to say like you have to be malleable you have to be willing to to reshape yourself with new ideas when you come in contact with new ideas and the point i made in the introduction about humor being like a vaccine is to say these ideas are life-changing life-altering but if you're introduced to something that's life-altering too fast and too large of a dose, your body can reject it. Your mind will reject it. Just like, like, like a, a if, if you take in too much poison and it kills you, right? But if you introduce that poison little by little, you can accumulate a tolerance to it. And in the same way, sometimes our mind needs little doses of of big ideas so that we can acclimate, we can adjust and allow time for our mind to expand with that idea. And this is why, you know, humor has such a huge impact because it allows us to introduce that idea into our reality slowly. Because first, it's just a joke. It's something you can just like, ha ha, oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was funny. 
But it lingers in the back of your mind. It sticks, yeah, like an aftertaste. And then now you actually start seeing it in your life. Oh, that was that moment that comedian was talking. There was that moment again. Wow, this shit really is all over the place. Is this a problem? Should I really be thinking about this? Do I need to, like, really analyze my, my perception on this? And that's the that's the power of humor. If you like what you heard, leave us a five-star review on whatever audio platform you get your podcast from. LOL, LOL. Just laugh, baby. It doesn't matter. It does does matter. The the algorithm will tell me different. (laughs) If if you love the comedic philosophy and we made you laugh, go ahead and leave us a review alongside the five star rating. Now you're just asking too much. Ain't nobody (laughs) got time for that. (laughs) I need you to have time for this. (laughs) We appreciate you guys. We love y'all, and we will see you next time on the next episode. Remember, perception. Say with me, sir. It's is a, a fucking bitch, bitch man. man. Now, folks, here's something else I got a problem with. The Ten Commandments. Here's my problem. Why are there ten? You don't need ten. I think the list of commandments was deliberately and artificially inflated to get it up to ten. It's a padded list. Here's what they did. About 5,000 years ago, a bunch of religious and political hustlers got together to try to figure out how to control people, how to keep them in line. They knew people were basically stupid and would believe anything they were told, so they announced that God had given them some commandments. Up on a mountain, when no one was around, God had given them the Ten Commandments. But let me ask you this. When they were sitting around making this shit up, why did they pick ten? Why 10? Why not 9 or 11? I'll tell you why. Because 10 sounds official. 10 sounds important. They knew if it was 11, people wouldn't take it seriously. So what, are you kidding me? The 11 commandments? Get the fuck out of here. 10. 10 sounds important. 10 is the basis for the decimal system. It's a decade. It's a psychologically satisfying number. The top 10, the 10 most wanted, the 10 best dressed. So having 10 commandments was really a marketing decision. And to me, it's clearly a bullshit list. It's a political document artificially inflated to sell better. I'm going to show you how you could reduce the number of commandments and come up with a list that's a little more workable and logical. We're going to start with the first three, and I'll use the Roman Catholic version because those are the ones I was taught as a little boy. I am the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not have strange gods before me. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Thou shalt keep holy the Sabbath. Right off the bat, the first three, pure bullshit. Sabbath, Sabbath day, Lord's name, strange gods. Spooky language. Spooky language. Designed to scare and control primitive people. In no way does superstitious nonsense like this apply to the lives of intelligent, civilized humans in the 21st century. You throw out the first three commandments, you're down to seven. Next, honor thy father and mother. Obedience, respect for authority. Just another name for controlling people. The truth is, obedience and respect should not be automatic. They should be earned. They should be based on the parents' performance. Parents' performance. 
some, some parents deserve respect, most of them don't, period. You're down to six. Now, in the interest of logic, something religion is very uncomfortable with, we're going to jump around the list a little bit. Thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness. Stealing and lying. Well, actually, these two both prohibit the same kind of behavior. Dishonesty, stealing, and lying. So you don't need two of them. Instead, you combine them and you call it, thou shalt not be dishonest. And suddenly, you're down to five. And as long as we're combining, I have two others that belong together. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. Once again, these two prohibit the same kind of behavior. In this case, marital infidelity. The difference is coveting takes place in the mind. And I don't think you should outlaw fantasizing about someone else's wife. Otherwise, what's a guy going to think about when he's waxing his carrot? <laughs> Marital fidelity is a good idea, so we're going to keep the idea and call this one, Thou shalt not be unfaithful. And suddenly, we're down to four. But when you think about it, honesty and fidelity are really part of the same overall value. So in truth, you could combine the two honesty commandments with the two fidelity commandments and give them simpler language, positive language instead of negative, and call the whole thing, Thou shalt always be honest and faithful, and we're down to three. Thou shalt, thou shalt, they're going away, they're going away fast. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's goods. This one is just plain fucking stupid. <laughs> Coveting your neighbor's goods is what keeps the economy going. All right? Your neighbor gets a vibrator that plays Oh Come All Ye Faithful. You want to get one too. Coveting creates jobs. Leave it alone. You throw out coveting, you're down to two now. The big honesty and fidelity commandment. And the one we haven't talked about yet. Thou shalt not kill. Murder. The fifth commandment. But when you think about it. When you think about it, religion has never really had a big problem with murder. Not really. More people have been killed in the name of God than for any other reason. All you have to do... look at Northern Ireland, the Middle East, Kashmir, the Inquisition, the Crusades, and the World Trade Center to see how seriously the religious folks take thou shalt not kill. The more devout they are, the more they see murder as being negotiable. It's negotiable. You know? It depends. It depends. It depends on who's doing the killing and who's getting killed. So, with all of this in mind, I leave you with my revised list of the two commandments. Thou shalt always be honest and faithful to the provider of thy nookie. And thou shalt try real hard not to kill anyone. Unless, of course, they pray to a different invisible man from the one you pray to. Two is all you need. Moses could have carried him down the hill in his fucking pocket. And if they had a list like that, I wouldn't mind those folks in Alabama putting it up on the courthouse wall. As long as they included one additional commandment, thou shalt keep thy religion to thyself.